Hi, you've tuned in to the Lovely Travels podcast where we talk about all things travel and adventure. My name is Emma Lovell, also known as Lovely, and I have a mission to visit every UN-recognised country in the world while raising awareness for mental health. Join me as we revisit some of my past adventures, speak to fellow travellers and interesting locals, all while following the journey to 195 countries. I'll be joined soon by my co-pilot, Darius, in Germany. And sometimes we're even going to hit the road together. Make sure to join in the adventure by following me on Instagram, Lovely Travels. You can also join our Facebook group, Lovely Travels Community, and learn more about us at the website, lovelytravels.com. But for now, it's listening time. Travel vicariously along with us. Welcome back again to the Lovely Travels podcast, everyone. Hi, Emma. Jumbo Darius. Jumbo Darius. Hey, I know I've put on a little bit of weight, but not that much. Uh, no, I just said hello in Swahili to you. Oh, and well, hello in Well, a happy Jumbo to you too. <laughs> um, and to our listeners, Karibu, which means welcome. Isn't that also like moose? No, I think you're a thinking ca- caribou? of a... Caribou? Yeah. Rain- reindeer. Caribou. Potentially, yeah. We are not talking about reindeers this episode. <laughs> we're talking about, um, well, we're talking, Emma is talking with Tara and Lottie about uh, Tanzania. Tanzania in Africa. This is our first visit to Africa, to the <laughs> continent of Africa. Africa not being a country, which is often what <laughs> people say. They're like, I love Africa. And you're like, all 50-something countries? <laughs> All 50, um, all, all of them. All of them. I loved all of them. Um, no, I've actually spent most of my time in um, the southern part of Africa and the southern, more the eastern part of Africa. So Tanzania is technically East Africa. So mm-hmm. There's uh, four countries in East Africa. I've been to three out of four, so sort of doing well in that region. Good. And, yeah, I first went in 2008. Uh, to visit my sponsor child and, uh, and well, yeah, I was just there to visit my sponsor child. And then uh, I went back in 2011 to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and you can listen to more about that in episode 11. That's a lie. Actually, I lied. We have been to Africa before. <laughs> We've been to Tanzania and Kenya before uh, on the Mount Kilimanjaro episode with Danielle Colley. <laughs> so, my bad. You're bad. Yeah. But more. But that's, um, yes. <laughs> but uh, on this episode, which is a bit different to the other one, I was interviewing Tara and Lottie. How do you know Tara and Lottie? I know Tara through the wonderful Business Chicks Business Club I'm a member of. So we're um, she runs a business on the central coast of Australia and joined the group, as did I, and we connected over that. And, yeah, she happened to have recently married Lottie but they've been together for a while and they met originally in Tanzania. Hmm. And Lottie himself, he's Tanzanian. This is a bit of a love story, is it? It is a love story. We share how they met, how Tara was there and what it's like uh, both ways, you know, what it's like for Lottie now living in Australia and what it was like for Tara living in Tanzania because they are Hmm. quite vastly different cultures. (laughs) I can imagine. I can imagine. So, well, yeah. it sounds. Um, I can hear in your voice. It was a. It was a lovely chat, and I'm very much looking forward to listening. Yeah. And if you have beautiful. nothing else 
to add at this stage, we could get right into it. <laughs> no, I like saying all the things. Okay, <laughs> we can rabble a bit more before we get into the episode. No, no, no. Let's let's jump in and listen to these awesome people. It's lovely to meet you, Dumbo. Dumbo. <laughs> Oasana. How did you know that? Uh, I was in Tanzania twice. And because I did the Kilimanjaro trek, so every day, you know, I would I did it with um, Dismas, Alex. Uh, which route was? Which route did you? Oh, go? route! Uh, I did the um, Marangu up. No, yeah. that's no the wrong guy up and the Marangu down. So five days uh, uh, up. And... You went the wrong guy then Marangu. Yeah. Ah, okay, that's right. So it was nice to see. Marangu is easy Marangu, you just call it Coca Cola route. Ah, yes, yeah. I'm glad we didn't do Marangu up down. I think it would have yeah. been like kind of not boring, but also like seeing the same thing again. You kind of go, oh no, he was the same spot. Yeah. Whereas Ronga was just, it was beautiful every day, so different. And, you know. Yeah, I think the problem of Marangu world, when you're using Marangu, you're using Marangu route, you're using the same route to go up, the same route to come down. So, and it's a long distance. It's easy, but long distance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I really enjoyed it, seven days. And because, like, we spend, you know, you're there all day, every day, yeah. I was talking with my guides and I'd ask them to teach me some words and... Yes. They were so sweet. So they were singing um, Malaika to me, uh, yeah. <laughs> the angel song. And um, I love the Kilimanjaro song. Whenever I hear that, I just start to cry. <laughs> yeah, Jambu. Uh, yeah. Jambu, 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 Jambu. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that. Oh, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, Kilimanjaro. Abuna Matata. Abuna Matata, yeah. Yeah, I really, uh, for, I think even me, I really miss the moment. You know, sometimes you climb Monte Kilimanjaro at the potter and uh, you feel it's hard work, but still you enjoy the nature, you enjoy the crew, you enjoy a lot of stuff there, but... Sometimes I miss a lot. I feel like, yeah, I need to go back to do it, but I could you do it now? But for now, I feel like mm. <laughs> could you even climb it now? Ah, uh, yeah. If I if I was climbing as a not a porter, yeah, not a porter, yeah, just yeah, only yeah. my backpack, yeah, my luggage. Yeah. I'm happy if to do it. If you did it as a mazungu, yeah, we do have the mazungu. Because the porters they go so fast, you know, like they we leave the camp. An hour later, they come past us. Yeah, I'm used to do that because I, yeah. I used to be a Kembu crew. So I have to wake up early, live early, and make sure everything is fine. But I think for now, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's how everyone starts though, isn't it? I think they start off as like the basic porter. Like it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, everyone comes in kind of as a porter. Mm. And then once you've been doing it for a bit, then you start to be sort of, promoted, I guess, yeah, upgraded yeah, yeah, to yeah, chef yes. and now, assistant guide. And yeah, but it depends which crew you're working with them, which the guide yeah. and a guide and because if you are a close friend with the guide, you yeah. get more promotion yeah. to, to another step. So. 
Because the guys, um, they like, you know, they want to work with the guys that they would like working, you know. Yeah. You, yeah. you rely on each other a lot. So, yeah. you know, if you don't like someone or there's a bad vibe in the group, it's not very good to have them on your team. So, yeah. but yeah, they work really hard. They're very impressive and so sweet. They, everybody, I feel like they really care about you. And, you know, I still talk to my guys. <laughs> they call me Chewy. My name is Chewy. Why they call you Chewy? Because I called myself Chewy. <laughs> you know what's Chewy? Yeah, leopard. Leopard. Leopard? Yeah. <laughs> I had a book and it had all animal names. And so there were only eight of us. And so I went through and I gave everyone a name. Yeah. I called the team Team Tembo. Uh, so we were the elephant team because we were there for Alzheimer's. So it's like the memory. Yeah. <laughs> so they called one girl Twigger, one girl is Swala. You know, I'm, uh, you know, I was Chewy. And the guys, they still now, this was nine years ago, they still always, they say, Jumbo Chewy, how are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So are you, are you still uh, communicating and contact with, with him? Yeah, I've got this Okay. Have you go with a private, yeah, a private company or like a normal company? No, so I went with a company. Uh, so in Australia, they're a charity challenge company. So we raise yeah. money for charity. Yeah. And then they partner with the company there. So I, I don't even know the name of the company. Yeah. Okay. Where, which part, which part in, uh, in, Aru, uh, in Tanzania? Is Arusha or Moshi? Yeah, Arusha. So Arusha. they were in Arusha. I think so. I, I can ask Dismas. I'll tell you, tell you who it was. Cause What's the name of the, the guide? The guide? Dismas. Dismas. Do you know Alex. the last name? It's his last. He, on Facebook, he's Dismas Alex. But I call him Mufasa. <laughs> and one other one, I call him Simba. But his name was actually um, God's Akim? Love. No, no, Hakim. No, that's ah, the, yeah, she's the one who knows Hakim. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. Hakim is... Uh, He's my best friend. He's my best friend. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah he he's, his best friend. No, the thing is, we 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 live we used to live in the same street. Wow. And uh, I think we used to help each other because uh, yeah. Arusha is uh, like a small small a little small uh, town, so we know each other. Yes. So sometimes don't surprise like you know someone someone know me and because someone know me it mean. She know that as well, but she's mm-hmm. <laughs> not like not not like they know that much, but they know that through me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so I met Hakim when I was my first trip was two thousand and eight December, yeah. Yeah. and I went to visit my sponsor child through World Vision yeah. in in Tanzania, yeah. and so this was arranged all through World Vision, but. I wanted to stay and um, see some things. So I got the bus from Nairobi to Arusha. Mm -hmm. And my guide from there, his name was Chris, the company I booked through. um, I can't remember, but I have to look it up. So Chris organized for me to get to Tanzania. And then he, his partner there was Hakim. So then um, Hakim yeah, yeah, when yeah. I learned when I got there. And now, now I know how you just see how you just met Hakim because Hakim was working in the riverside shuttle. Riverside. Oh, yeah. the riverside. Yeah. Oh, 
that's the shuttle. No, like, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was working there. That fucking bus trip. But he was so nice, you know, because he, um, you know, he he took me, he, he took personal care, you know. Obviously, you could take me to the hotel and just be say, there you go. And he took me out. He said, you want to go see something or so we'll go for dinner. And then when I came back for Kilimanjaro 2011, he came to the hotel on the last night to meet with me and my friends. And so, um, you know, I see, yeah, I mean, Arusha going, oh, my friend, he's going to come meet us. <laughs> and people are like, what? They're like, who's this guy? I'm like, this is Hakim. Like, duh. We're just friends now. That's how it works. Yeah, that's it's weird. pretty, I am say it's pretty easy to make friends over there because yeah. everyone is just, is so lovely, but also willing and like really willing and keen to show you around show you their culture you know there's there's pride in that as well I think that's why tourism does well over there I mean like it's a big part of their their economics but they're they're really actually proud of here's our country and we want you to see all of it you know I don't think either they they shy away from like here are some tough things but here's some beautiful things as well. So I think it's quite nice, you know, if you're willing and able to, then it's quite easy to see, you know, the um, the real part of it, not always the glorified tourism part. Well, I went to the market, you know, and they told me that was fine and I went to the market down mm-hmm. in Arusha by myself. and The massive markets? Yeah, I felt fine and safe and, you know, they told me don't go out at night by yourself. Cause like, cause but that's a, I mean, anywhere in the world, anywhere. right? Anywhere yeah, exactly. in the world, it's like you're a single white female. So just don't go out at right. night. I hate that, but it's, you know, it's like, not, let's use some concepts. Not a single white female. Even uh, even the guys even, well. No, 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 even women in Africa. So yeah, sometimes yeah. they're not going out in the nighttime because if you just get a trouble in the nighttime, yeah. How are you going to sell, uh, to help yourself? Yeah. I mean, you need someone to guide you, like someone who. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when we lived in Ingalelo, and and we came home from Set Gardens? I don't know. Do you remember Set Gardens? Did you ever go there? I don't think so. We lived opposite this place, Set Gardens, um, the first house that we lived in, and we'd. It was literally just across the road from where our house was, but our house was like back off the main road. So you go down these paths, tracks, like I use all these terms very loosely. It was just like mud shit everywhere. <laughs> and it was uh, it was like seven o'clock, right? Seven o'clock it gets dark. I could there's no such thing as street lights. Well there wasn't. There is now, but there wasn't then. And I could not see anything. And I'm so I'm walking like a blind person, clutching to Lottie, going, I can't see. And he's like, Oh, careful, there's a person right in front of you. And I was like, Where? Where? I can't see anything. <laughs> I honestly, it was like, it didn't even matter if I wanted to go out at night. I couldn't go out by myself because there's no street lights. I literally could not see where I was going. No. I, I didn't even know that. It was only because I was touching him that I knew he was next to me. I was like, I can't even see you. Right. Like, <laughs> lots of you probably got like the, like, Cat eyes, like you've got the yeah, that's it. That night vision, and I was yeah. like, I can't see anything. So <laughs> I couldn't, you know, if I needed to get something from the shops or do something or whatever, I'd have to be sort of prepared or organized to get it before night fell. Yeah. Other ones, you go, well, it's dark now. I can't unless uh, unless I had a car 
And even then, I probably wouldn't drive by myself. So unless, like, Lottie was there to grab something or go with me or pick me up, then, yeah, I'd, it's like wherever you are, night's full. Yeah, that's what you say. Or you get driven. And, you know, I was just in Papua New Guinea and there's a similar thing. They're just saying, you know, it's like, yeah, you at night you need to be driven, you should need to be with someone. And mm-hmm. the women they said the same, you know. So it's like it's a community vibe anyway. And I just unfortunately there are some you know, it's just not safe sometimes to go out. But that's okay. That's not a Tanzania thing. You know, no, no, no. A, that's like that's not an Africa thing. That's a, yeah. you know, that's a everywhere. Yeah. I mean, even here in Australia, you know, you wouldn't go out. There's there's definitely places like you wouldn't go out to, um, I mean, I wouldn't anymore, go wandering around like King's Cross or Redfern at night by myself. But I honestly feel I've felt more safe in some places like being in Tanzania or something than I do in Melbourne at the moment because there has mm-hmm. been a number of attacks and, you know, I had a time recently where I thought, do I get the tram? And there were other people there and that was fine. It was well lit. But I said, I just called, you know, my husband. I said, I don't know. I just feel, he said, I, I just, I don't feel comfortable. Just get an Uber, you know. And I yeah. just. Yeah. Okay. It's. it's funny like that but that's just common sense and um I I don't think people should ever be afraid to go to and I say Africa I'm very well aware Africa is not a country (laughs) I'm I'm talking about the continent but um this fear of going to Africa and thinking maybe it's unsafe or whatever there I I do recommend going either you connect with somebody before or like going with a tour company initially, I felt so comfortable. Yeah. They were so lovely. They called my mum. <laughs> like when I got to Nairobi, Chris was like, your mum called. She has to know that you arrived. And the same when we got to Tanzania, you know, like called my mum. <laughs> I'm with Hakim. Like, they, don't worry, they're taking care of me. Yeah. I mean, I was I was quite young. I was, tw- I guess, 20 or something. So, yeah. but My so- mum shat herself. <laughs> <laughs> How much, right? Shat herself. <laughs> and even when I caught her, I probably spoke to her every day or every other day while I was there, even if it was just a short, like, hey, check-in kind of thing. But, yeah, still, I, it was like I really had to filter what I told her because everything was through the lens of you're about to die any minute now. Yeah. And for you, lucky, like, now being here, you must be like, ah, it's not a problem. Like, don't worry about that, you know. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't even now, if you're just talking to your mom about uh, traveling to Africa, she still say, mm. no. <laughs> no, yeah, that's it. That's well, it. I'm going to backtrack a little because we just dove straight in, but I want to kind of, I will do an introduction, uh, you know, we'll have done that, but um, tell me a little bit about you, you know, so you are, well, I'll say, where, where are you living now? Where are you living now? Uh, just uh, on the central coast, north of Sydney. Yeah, in Australia. Yeah. And so, Tara, where are you originally from? From Sydney. From Sydney. Okay, so not far from home, so from Australia. But Lottie, you're from Tanzania. Yeah, from Arusha, Tanzania, which is uh, Arusha is uh, North, I think North Tanzania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wonderful. Well, where were you born? Yeah, not still in, in Arusha. It's still in Arusha because it's... That's, that's another question. So, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, but I hope, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't remember if I'm born in the hospital, but I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah. 
The good thing is I'm still alive. <laughs> you are. You're thriving. You're brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, general, yeah. They are hospitals, guys. Like, <laughs> quite good things. So, um, but how did you guys come to meet and where, like, how did you get to be together, Tanzanian in Australia? That's your question. Would you like? Oh, it's mine. Yeah. I um, went over to Tanzania uh, through a volunteerism company called Cats Volunteer, um, or Cats Volunteer Adventure, something like that. I don't think it exists anymore, but that's who we went through. And Lottie was working for that company. So I went over there initially with the thought of uh, I just booked six weeks um, and then I was going to continue on actually down to South Africa. So this is the end of 2013. And then for Christmas 2013, I was going to be in South Africa with some other friends. But actually, the, like the moment I arrived, I fell in love with the place. I absolutely loved it. Just, I mean, even the drive from um, Kilimanjaro Airport into mm. town, which is about an hour, mm. it was like I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. And then, got, you know, and then being in town and just, again, the people and how friendly they were and there was, yeah, there was just such a beautiful vibe and atmosphere that pretty much from when I got there, I was like, right, I'm doing my volunteer stuff but I want to stay and I want to find a place to stay. And the lady that ran this company, she was Australian as well. And I knew, I actually knew her sister, blah, 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 random connections. Um, and she was really helpful. She was like, cool, you want to stay? Let's, let's find a way to make that happen. And uh, so I was able to do that. I was able to work there, um, do some work for them and get my accommodation for free. So I became like the volunteer coordinator and then I also work part-time in a bar. So, cool. yeah, we worked quite closely together for the six weeks that I was there and then I and then I ended up staying. Oh, kind of, uh, you know, it's a bit of a dream. I think some people, they go, I'm going over and I might fall in love with someone while I'm there and, and you did it. Well, I was the complete opposite. I had just come out of a long-term relationship and just, yeah, and I was like, not interested, like, this is my time to work on me. You know, I had sold my business. Um, Emmy and I have talked about this. I completely burnt out. And I was like, I need to find more meaning in my life. I need to find my purpose. I need to find who I am. You know, that whole question of there's got to be more to life than this, than yeah. what I was doing. And I guess, you know, go then, of course, you just go to sell everything and go to Africa. So I was kind of in, I was in that mindset. I really was like almost quite selfishly just focused on, on me and, and being present and being around Tanzanians who are the epitome of presence. You know, like in Western culture here, we work so hard to meditate in our mindfulness practicing, you know, Eckhart Tolle and all his sort of stuff, being present in the present moment. You are not going to find a more present moment peoples you know than those in Tanzania and I always look at at Lottie I mean you know with his like limited education and all that he's gone through he's like a zen buddha but just naturally like he hasn't had done all the self-help books that I've done that's your way Lottie <laughs> 
don't listen to her because even the, I met her, I think the second day after she arrived yeah. in the morning. So we went there, I took her passport, $200 and then I disappeared. And I just, yeah. So then from there she was, and someone took her phone. Yeah, I had to get and, my phone reprogrammed. Yeah, someone took the phone and disappeared. Then she was, ooh, how am I going to get my stuff back? <laughs> yeah, it's just like these two random Africans like, yeah, trust me, give me your phone and I'll take it back and I'll meet you back. You're like, oh, okay. Yes. And, then, and then Lottie, who didn't speak any English, Wow. And I gave him my passport and $200 because he had to get me the proper, like, volunteer visa. We had to process that. Um, and I kind of half-joking, half-serious and shitting myself going, <laughs> please don't sell my passport and steal my identity. And he just smiled and nodded like, you know, that, oh, I don't know. What <laughs> yeah. And then walked off. Here you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. Shit, here I am. There's yeah. a lot of trust <laughs> in travel, isn't there? There's a lot of, like, you're going to this place and you're like, I just I hope you're a good person and you're in the right place and but but then you know but it works out you know well it did and I think a lot of stuff I think it honestly if I had really thought through anything that I did or majority of the stuff that I I did or or tried to do over there it wouldn't have happened and I wouldn't have been in such a good mood (laughs) like (laughs) you know there is it's a lot of that trust um but also trusting yourself, you know, like we were saying, trust your, your gut. If it doesn't feel right, then just don't do it. It's that's that's okay too. But there, yeah. So there was a, there is a lot of trust, and but there was a lot of trust, and and you can't always explain it. But you know, you get a sense from people. Mm-hmm. You, you get a sense from people, and that's something. And I think everyone gets that from Lottie. But yeah, I very much got the sense of like, okay, like this this is okay. Yeah, I'm gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah, and this is okay. So, yeah, that was second day and then, like I said, we started working together. I don't know. What about the trip to Machimoto? Did you go to Machimoto? Mm. Hot spring. No. Hot Hot spring. Spring. no. no. I'll come back with you guys sometime, so next time. But oh, yeah. oh, we're, we're going to have our, we're gonna have our wedding, our second wedding over there anyway, so don't worry. Yeah, we'll do that. Just invited myself. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry. I'm now it's a flower fun. girl. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's over to everyone. I think there are there are so many there are so many things which is the little things just make people stay stay there. Not like uh, Mount Kilimanjaro, not like uh, national parks like uh, Ngorongoro, Serengeti, and stuff like that. But there are some little things mm. like Majimoto is like a, when you is the little tiny, but it's when you little when you're going there, you feel like where I'm going. You're like. Yeah, where I'm going. Even, you got Even me, like the first time I went there, like, I told, I told uh, Kelvin, like, yeah, you're begging me, like, where are we going? You just told me, no, chill down, bro. You will see when we get there. Yeah, yeah. At the time I got there, I was like, wow. There are things like this. It, and it I looks, didn't there's know. There's nothing around. You, it is that thing of here's an oasis in the middle of a desert, right? Because yeah. you, you go off-road. You drive for... So you go along the main road, you just randomly turn off it um, because you've got a sense with your spidey senses when you turn off it is what it looks like to me. There's no signs. And then you drive for another hour, hour and a half along 
just dirt. And we we went through like around people's houses, and you're like, yeah. who lives yeah. out here? What yeah. is this? And and it, but it's these beautiful natural hot springs. The water is fresh and clear. And so they've set up camp. It's really popular for tourists. So you've got some of the locals there. Like tourists have to pay, you know, whatever. Like what was it, 500 shillings or something? I don't know, like a dollar. You pay like a dollar entry fee, right? But whatever, it supports the locals. And someone set up like the whole, um, they've got their sodas and their local beers and they cook um, chips my eye and, you know, they've got all that set up so then they make some more money from that. Um, and then they've got like a swing rope so you swing out and just dive into the water. It is stunning. Anyway, so we went there or I went there and like within the first couple of weeks, Lottie came and with our sort of guide or the other guy that ran the company, Kelvin. Well, that is our, that is starting our relationship. <laughs> I probably should have done these interviews separately. I would have got a completely different story. If anyone goes, I mean, eventually when you go, um, yeah, Munchie Malta, I highly recommend it. Is well, I'll get you to send, yeah, like sh- for the show notes or the links. Yeah. But- so after you initially met and you were doing the volunteer program, so how long did you stay in Tanzania that time? In total, I stayed for a year, just over a year. Now, it would have been longer. My plan was to to stay there. I mean, I never had any intention to come back to Australia, like ever, really. I was just going to keep country hopping and, and finding work and whatever. And, I mean, I had spoken to Lottie heaps about um Vietnam, I love Vietnam, and I was like, we've got to go there. Still on our list of things to do. Yeah, wanted to take him around. Yeah, wanted to take him around and, and all of that, but um, yeah, plans sort of change rather quickly, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah, everything just changed after yeah. someone just started getting sick. And I don't, <laughs> and I don't know what happened. Sick, I don't know what happened. <laughs> So I we'd been together for eight months. I'd been in the country the ten months um, when I fell pregnant. So I had literally I'd gone back to Australia just for a short little visit. And I'd been in the country. I'd been in uh, Tanzania for ten months. Went back home for like two weeks or something. Yeah. And then it came and then came back and then found out I was pregnant. So. <laughs> That sort of changed things really yeah, quickly, didn't think, it? Uh, I think the, the, the reason why we are here, we're living here now, is I think that's the reason because, mm, the uh, because of the baby. Because we went to this hospital and we just find out that, okay, there are something, but we don't know if this thing is still yeah. existing. So what we're going to do, we have to do this and this. And Tara's mom say, oh, no, no. And even Tara just told, like, to do here, not a, a good yeah, thing. I was going to have to have an, an operation because they actually said yeah. that the um, the pregnancy had terminated itself. Yeah. Um, and this, I was like ten weeks pregnant, and they said, "Oh no, the fetus it, it isn't alive anymore, yeah. so we have to do an operation, a DNC." Um, so I come back and book that in, and we're like, I mean, we're devastated, devastated. But it also kind of shows, so, you know, I want to pump out Tanzania. It is a beautiful place, but they still need so much help in terms of medical 
education and advancements and access to better equipment and and all this sort of stuff. Like this was, you know, a good hospital, but they just, you know... So the pregnancy was still happening, they, but they, they thought it wasn't? or it Yeah, happened. that's it. They thought that, I forget what it's called. It's a, a thing, but your body still thinks that you're pregnant, except the fetus has actually terminated itself. But your body, like the hormones are still producing. I mean, it's called a something, but I forget. Anyway, and then so they said they'd have to do a DNC and, you know, it's all, it's all done and dusted. And I thought, well, honestly, if I need to have an operation, I may as well go back to Australia. And yeah. I went back to Australia um, they said, fine, well, you know, we have to do an ultrasound just to confirm. And she said to me, you have a perfectly healthy 12-week-old fetus. Wow. And not let's cancel all of this. And I just went, ooh. Wow. Well, okay. Yeah. But then honestly, I mean, I was never actually going to give birth in Tanzania. I was going to go. There's an international hospital in Nairobi, no, was the, Kenya. The plan was, uh, or South Africa. Yeah, the plan was South Africa. Yeah, that yeah. was kind of our plan. But yeah. um, I was so... I was so sick i was so so sick and they just didn't understand they were like well you're past the 12 weeks it can't still be morning sickness so it's got to be something else so we're going to run all these tests and do all this stuff and i was just like no morning sickness goes longer and some people it you know. some people it's short some people it goes longer it's just and, and mine lasted pretty much the whole bloody pregnancy so yeah that was so that was a struggle that was a struggle and as much as and this is what we still have a debate over, you know, you can't say it's too easy to, to weigh up pros and cons and go one country is better than the other. Oh, yeah. It's like mm-hmm. what, are you, what are you actually looking for? Because I have to say the community and the family support and family help that we would have over there and that does exist over there far outweighs any of the junk that we have here in Australia. Oh, yeah. It's his poor, the family and parent and mother support that we have here. Yes, because there that, that, you know, of, uh, takes a village to raise a child is like a real thing. Yes. Yeah. The village really does raise the child and it's huge. Everybody I mean, mum would be in there, whether we whether we liked it or not. She'd be in there and I mean most of the kids from, from Lottie's brothers and sisters, all their kids live with his mum. Yeah. And then the parents live in their own houses, you know, like around, like close by, but their children don't actually live with them. And, in <laughs> fact, our good friend Benson, how long has it been since he's seen his son? No, oh, long time. Like four or five months because he's living with the grandparents. Yeah. That's, the grandparents actually raise the kids and the parents go off to, to work and, you know. Yeah. And so, Lati, can I ask you, like, in terms of culturally, how how do they feel in Tanzania about, like, you know, children before marriage and things like that, was that ever an issue or it's not really a problem there? I think it's not. A, when we're talking about that, in, uh, there are two sides. In the religions yes. side, is an issue. Yes. But in the other side, is a lot of people just getting kids yes. without, uh, without marriage. <laughs> yeah. so, <laughs> so your family was not upset that you weren't married first and... Ah, no. No. Because always, you know, when you get married and get kids, there is no difference between someone who have kids without married and someone who have kids with married. There is no, but what they, my dad, my my parents, they are in religion and they was forcing me all the time to get married. But 
married some discussion between two people who love each other who yes. to live together yes so no anyone will come in front of me and force me to do something which is it's yes. not the right time for yeah. me yeah yeah and you're married now though congratulations that yeah. Yeah. very yeah. recently yeah yeah, yeah. So the right time is come for you you don't have anyone to force you to do something yeah yeah that's nice that's really good and so did you end up going back to tanzania in that in that time to live again or have you been in australia since you came back for the first baby uh i think for i know i think that's better yeah oh, that's me that's my yeah. question so lottie so the we had all the the visa fun so uh, first time he came out for just in time for our son Rocky to be born he was only on a, a tourist visa his actual um you know residency visa had not gone through yet or been processed and wouldn't be for an, a whole another year right so he was just on a travel visa and he came back stayed for a couple of months where, uh, around the time Rocky was born and then when Rocky was uh, almost three months he had to go back Mm. Then he went back. He was away for about five or six months. No, Rocky just born in. Hmm. I think Rocky was nine months. No, Rocky just born on May. Yeah. Then I went back to Africa on August. Yeah. And then I came back the end of the new year. The yeah, end. on the first. <laughs> yeah, on the first of January, twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah. So he arrived. <laughs> Um, so everyone said to me, so you booked him a flight, so he'll be in the air over New Year. And I was like, yes, I don't care. He's getting back here. <laughs> Whatever time I say, he's coming back. So he came back for another, look, just a couple of months. It was just yeah, a couple yeah, of three months. months. And then I yeah. went back before, uh, before Easter, which is, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. this is us working out. No one, no one cares about the dates. Anyway, but so did you really did you get to enjoy Australia at all, or was it kind of just like just baby time? <laughs> For me, the first time I came, no, the second time I came was really boring. <laughs> yeah, the first time I came was really boring. The first because time or the second time? The first time. Oh, the first time. No, no, the first, the uh, first time and second times because I was in the uh, holiday visa. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and yeah. you couldn't work. Yeah, I can't work. I have nothing to do. Just sitting. And it was like it was like a month before our son was born. I was so fat. I was a. <laughs> I was so fat, and so I was trying to take him around to touristy things, but then my feet hurt. And I was tired. I couldn't like. Yeah, I was not. I wasn't really a barrel of laughs. And, and I the language hard for Lottie as well. That time was. There must have been a lot. You've, yeah. you've always heard English maybe slower and then to come here and we speak very fast. Like, was that mm-hmm. difficult? Yeah, that, that way I say, like, uh, the first time and the second time for me was really, really boring for me. And, uh, <laughs> then I went back home, I think it was uh, in, um, March yeah, yeah. 20, uh, 2017. Then I came back on... I went for... Yeah, that's 2016. Yeah. Then I came back, I think I went back for two, I think two or three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I came back. Yeah, he's done waiting. a couple of back and forths, a couple of back and forths, just as visas and yeah, as babies yeah. and as whatever. It must have been a big trip for you too, like, because you've maybe not been, like, that's a big flight for anyone. Never flown before. And you and would have gone to Nairobi 
and then yeah. somewhere and somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just get I just the first time I get the bus shuttle from Arusha to Nairobi, and then flew from Nairobi, I think to Dubai. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, Dubai to Sydney. Yeah. It's a big that flight. Was a, that was first one. And yeah. it was long. Yeah. <laughs> because from Dubai to here is 14 hours. Yeah, that must be a shock. Like, I, I think it's a shock, maybe. Like, had you been on many planes in, in tents from Tanzania or anything? No, I think one, one from Arusha to Dar es Salaam, which is before. From Arusha to Dar es Salaam, which is 45. Yeah, it's like an minutes. up and down trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so this was, is like yeah. basically his first big flying, and yeah. it was it couldn't be a bigger, more convoluted trip. I was even getting nervous for the transfer. You know how he- I mean, you know how hectic airports are, yeah. and then something he's got to read, and then find out who do I ask and where do I go. And I was like, oh my I God. was talking around with my gate pass all the time. <laughs> Where is Someone this? Tell me. Yeah, this way. Oh man, oh that's awesome. I mean, look, Leah. I guess you had a really good motivation. I need to see my baby. <laughs> Got to get there. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, points. Yeah, so yeah, yeah lucky I you. just make it on time and I didn't get lost. I was so yeah. nervous. I was so. And so, nervous. how did you like? So, because when you guys met, you said you didn't really speak English. So, when did you start to learn English? Did you was it you Tara helping him, or did you go to school? Or um, I don't know if she helped me. <laughs> I have no idea if she did, but I think I just Definitely helped myself. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. That's true. There was you no don't... official language lessons, yeah. and I didn't. So, this is the other thing. I talk uh, fairly sort of fast. And I don't actually, I don't slow down either. Yeah. I really... I know that, Tara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't slow down for a while and I didn't stop, but there was a couple of hiccups. Like in... Um, do you remember the difference? I remember a big one, the difference between ask and tell. And so there was always little yeah. things like that and I was like, hang on, did you ask someone or did you tell someone? Because it, you know, subtly it makes a difference. And so there was confusion with that. Mm. And then sometimes... I mean, I don't know if you know this, but the Swahili language doesn't differentiate between male or male. So he said blah, blah, or she said blah, blah. It's the same thing. They yes. use the same word. So a lot of time, Tanzanians will just will interchange he, she. So it was like during stories, he's telling me he said this and the he suddenly turns to a she and I'm like, oh, my God, mate, there's like 50 <laughs> people in this in this story and I can't, I don't know. And are you asking someone or are you telling someone? I don't know. <laughs> and I think for English as well, I don't know a lot of you like, but the cool thing about Swahili is it's phonetic. And so, mm-hmm. like, I read, I got someone to read a speech, write a speech for me. And if you can, if you write it down, I could read the Swahili because it's all like sounds, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, I could read that because Nawapendawate. Yeah, um, you you know, love read, you all. <laughs> yeah, you can read the way someone the way someone just writes. Yeah, yeah. but English, but English, can, no, it's a lot more challenging in that. Yeah, to learn English in Australia, that's a big challenge. <laughs> Sorry, yes, he's working with a bunch of tradies as yeah, well. Oh no, like, uh, just different. speaking like a bogan English. <laughs> yeah, I taught him that word. Yeah, and then you feel like. 
what do you say like yeah. uh, someone just say oh like smoke or die no smoking <laughs> he didn't know. He thought smoko was like, oh, it's a you know, like morning tea break, or it's like it's a little break. He didn't realize smoko was the shorn thing of a, a smoke break, a cigarette break. Yeah, but even my husband still calls it smoko. Nobody smokes. But yeah, they they still, still go. Well, they all smoke. Yeah, he does morning tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's morning tea time. That's why it was like. I so I, I kept saying. So I went for a smoko, and then and then we had another smoko, and I was like, what? Why are you smoking? Why are you going for the cigarette breaks? Like you're not. And he's like, I don't smoke. And I was like, I know. So why are you going for a smoker? Like I don't understand. <laughs> and he was like, uh, I'm very lucky. Yeah. So we've had a couple of a couple of hiccups, but then even vice versa. I was, you know, pathetically learning Swahili, doing my best, my best attempt. Right. But a lot of it was actually more interested in swahili to me. He was probably more interested in improving because, his. No, the thing is, no, the thing is, that's a uh, fifty-fifty. <laughs> yeah. If it's fifty-fifty. I need to get maybe 51. She need to get 51. Mm-hmm. She learning Swahili. I'm learning English. Yeah. So how are we going to speak? How I'm going to speak Swahili if I want to learn more English? Yes. How she's going to speak English if she want to learn? Yeah, yeah. For example, one day I was home. I got home really late, early before her. And I say, hey, because we're chatting in Swahili. Yeah, I'm yeah, home, we but, text, uh, yeah, yeah, we just take it. I'm home, but when you come home, can you bring dinner for me? Because I'm home and I don't want to get out of the house anymore. And she asked me in Swahili, what did you want? And I just say, chochote. Chochote means anything, any kind of food, just bring for me. Right. And then she picked that word as chocolate. I didn't look at it properly. I was working in a bar. There was a lot of noise. There's lots of stuff going on. And I just quickly looked at it and put it down and was like, what the hell? He doesn't eat chocolate. Why does he want chocolate? Then she came back home with Kit Kat, two finger. <laughs> and, I, and I asked her, where's my dinner? And she, no, you told me chocolate. And I was like, no, I didn't say chocolate. I said chocolate. <laughs> I have to get back to the kitchen and make the dinner for myself. Well, speaking of food, I'm going to do a quick fire round of some questions. So tell me, like, for both of you, like, what would be your favorite food? Like, what do you miss from Tanzania? Uh, for me, for me, I think it's fish. Fish? Okay. Mm. Is it like cooked a special way or something? Or they are yummy. Tanzania fish. He's obsessed. Uh, he doesn't like it here. Doesn't like it here, know. but obsessed with. And Arusha, you know, it. There's no, you know, big bodies of water surrounding it. Yeah. So they do. They bring it in from the coast. So it's been traveling. I mean, whatever. I wasn't brave enough to try it, but he would. Anytime we go out, he'd have fish. Fish okay. and, and what else? It wasn't necessarily with rice. It yeah, it depends if it's rice, yeah. if okay. it's ugali. Yeah, yeah. but ugali, 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 yeah. ugali. I have a, I can make ugali here, but the only thing I just miss is fish mm. because I can make any kind of foods. And the other thing is a banana stew. 
banana stew because it's hard to get the green banana here. Well, it's that very thick banana, isn't it? It's like yeah, um, it's hard to get like a green banana here. For, to yeah, make. it's more like I want to like like plantain more so like um, that really thick, and it's very good like nutrition because I noticed when I was in you know Tanzania like there's a lot of carb things, so you're eating a lot of potato, a lot of the banana, mm -hmm. um, rice, you know, beans. Stuff that just fill you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah things so that may be cheap and it. It makes you give you energy. Yeah. So the rest of the food we're making here, we're making chapati, we're making rice, we yeah. make all of that. Beans so and lentils, beans, lentils, yeah, all of that we're making here. So we have those ones. So and they love chapati. Yeah, but, it's love chapati. But she don't want she don't want to learn how to cook them. No. 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 no I need to. No. <laughs> so what did I like? Oh, I liked the thing in Tanzania. Uh, we we had a lot of not a food, but we had konyagi. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if I like it, but I will always remember it. We had That's a how we got together. But how do we get together? That's how we got together. New Year's Eve. And uh, on my wedding, we have one of our friends just bring that. You know that little pack. Uh, pack, the pack oh, it of came seed? in the little sachets. Yes. Like Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Someone yeah. just bring to me. For our wedding. Oh my God. So konyagi is like, it's like a gin. Yeah. Kind of thing. That's the best way to explain it. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. very cheap. And very cheap. It's very effective. It's yeah. Yeah. And you mix it with stuff. It's not, I mean, I'd like it, you know, it's definitely not a fine wine, but you know, it's, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On a cheap traveler budget, it'll do. Interesting yeah. memories. And yes, my friend, I remember you get like a box of sachets of alcohol. So like little, little, like a, you would get a Zupa Dupa or ice Yeah, box, yeah. Under yeah. frozen. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's very Africa. Uh, but I remember that from Tanzania. So now if someone was going for the first time and they had a little bit of time, like what would you recommend to go and see while they're in Tanzania? Uh, there are so many things to see. It depends. Uh, it depends. What because uh, I know what if someone wants to travel from here to go there, it's me, he have his target. I want to go there to see this and this and this and this. Mm. So it depends. So the first thing I will do, I will ask that person, like, okay, what did you specifically want to see? Then when he say I want to see maybe a leopard, I will tell, okay, you will see them, but the other side there are this and this and this and this. You want to do this and this then. From there, I will take her or his opinion, like, yeah. But the first thing I need to ask him, the reason why you went mm. there. Yeah. I think most people go to the safari parks yeah. and, and, like you said, Kili. Those are the standout yeah. stuff. And while that's great, yeah, that's great to um, go there and do those things. Yeah. But then people forget, like, you do have downtime in between. Mm. Yeah. And you probably need to give yourself some downtime. So there's so many little like day trips that you can do again to different national parks, to things like Majimoto. You can go to Zanzibar. I highly recommend yeah. putting a couple of days out to go to Zanzibar. I'm dying. I've been twice and I didn't go. I'm just oh. dying to get to Zanzibar. It is beautiful because you go into Stone Town and they've got these gorgeous night markets. That is some divine fresh seafood. Yeah. I'm not too sure about the Arusha seafood, but that's fine. What each to their own. Um, but that, yeah, so that's definitely a recommendation. But little things like they've got some really beautiful museums as well. Even just 
to to walk the streets. To be honest, we walked a lot. Like yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I ended up buying a car in Japan, importing it over because it was a lot cheaper. Blah blah blah. So we didn't have a car for ages. Um, so we'd either borrow friends or you know get the dollar dollar. I don't recommend that. But um, is that that's like had, a shared van thing? It's a van, but it's like consider like public transport, like your local bus. I definitely don't recommend that. That's probably an experience you can have once and then leave it. Mm. Find it. Find a reliable picky picky driver, so a motorbike driver or like a taxi driver. You know, and you can do that fairly cheaply, fairly easily. Find like just your one person that you call that really picks you up from wherever. You can even pay them a flat rate for the day, and they just drive you around. So there's that. But I do recommend walking. Just go yeah. like walking in town. It's just so fascinating, is it? Some of the things that you see. And, uh, yeah. The other thing is going village in the village. There are so many tribes. Oh, there are yeah. so many cultures. There are so many things you can go and uh, even just see. forty-five minutes out of yeah, out because, of Arusha. Because it? what yeah. I realize here, people don't know. People are talking about community. Yes. So they don't know no. the meaning of community. No. So stuff like that. If someone going there, maybe even if you get like half an hour. Okay, can you can we drive outside the outside of the town a little bit and see what happened over there? So stuff like oh, that. Oh, it's very special, very different. If you've never seen it, experienced it. I was very fortunate to um, my sponsor child was in a Maasai tribe, so in Maasai village. So to see that way of life and it was just so welcoming, uh, so hospitable. They gave me the beautiful, the beads. The beads are very typical of Tanzania, the, the you know, making necklace or bracelet. Um, so they gifted that to me, which I just thought was so lovely. They made me goat, which for the their family would have been something very special mm. and cost mm. a lot. And just to see that I was very fortunate because obviously I was going with a sponsored child, but there are companies who arrange that you can have a community visit or a village visit yeah. and see this this type of life, different type of life because, yeah, Everyone you, you didn't grow up in a village like that, did you? Lot You grew up in the city, in the town, so even it's different to your life, you know? No, it's not like because I'm born in the, I just born in the village was grow up in the in the in, town in town, and so in the village, are they having like, is it the mud houses or are they having like more like the sort of shanty like made of iron and things or are they houses? And that's the muddy house with a thatch roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what his parents have, yeah, and right. maybe it, there was one house there that was like brick. Yeah, someone. Yeah, it's one of one, one of my one of my young brothers. No, that's not like a, it's not like a brick. It's mud brick. Oh yes, yes. That's mud brick. Yeah, okay. And someone just make a plastering, rendering outside, and yeah, you feel okay. like yeah, this is. It's quite yeah, cool now, in the mud. But the, now those things. Yeah. But now those things just keep changing because uh, our generation starting working hard. They just start making. Big houses, uh, brick houses. So we're going to lose the culture of the mud houses and grass on top. So I think maybe the next generation is mean where we born and we were thinking this is a village is going to be not the village anymore. So, oh yeah. So it's mean we have to go back. If you have to think right now, I need to go in the village. You have to go. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a, you know, it's kind of sad. I mean, already the, you know, the Maasai tribes were nomadic. Yes. Already that's changed. They're not no longer nomadic, not really anyway. And then, you know, it was always the the man of the village had multiple wives. Like that was the thing. So Lottie's dad has two wives. Nat has two wives. And then they had their kids. I mean, how many wives are you planning on having? All right, all right, let me know. Okay. So, even, so in one generation, that's changed. So yeah. suddenly, I mean, now, so even just the fact of having one wife, they still, you know, some still have like a lot of kids. It's not very, you know, common, but it's still going to be significantly less because you've just got one wife. You yeah. know, so Lottie's one of 14, 15 yeah. oh kids <laughs> spread across these two women, you know, so... In one generation, a lot has has changed about what the the Maasai culture is or was. Plus, Maasai is just one of the tribes. How many tribes do it? There's like 120 different tribes native to Tanzania. Yeah. Yeah. 120. Yeah, Yeah, and I I only talk about Maasai because I've seen it, but also I think that's the one that most people... Um, because of the jumping, but the jumping is also the jumping, one of yeah. the strong, strong um, tribes. And the, the white Maasai, you know, the, that yeah. Book, that, yeah, yeah, which I was going to reference, but I was like, I don't know if you like that, Tara. I didn't rough it quite as much as her, mm-hmm. I don't think. I was a little yeah, bit. Yeah, this woman, I'll, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. It's quite good. There's a book and a movie, a yeah, real story. A woman went, saw a man. Uh, fell in love, went back, and found him somehow, and then lived. He was, was, he was village. They were sort of mud huts and and all of that. Oh, that was proper. Yeah, yeah, that was proper. Yeah, we were and tradition, very traditional as well. Yeah, Um, yeah, you weren't that tribal. (laughs) You remember? You You weren't that raw. If you remember, uh, we went to watch the movie. I think. Oh, here when I was pregnant with Amalia? Yeah, I didn't mean. And then you get there, the movie was white. A white woman woman with a black guy. I think it was the coming of like Botswana, you know, the Mm. development of Botswana. um, I forget what it was called. But it's, yeah, we went and saw the movie. Everyone was looking at us like. We didn't know what movie we were going to see. My work had been given a bunch of free tickets and come see the screening of this. And we're like, cool. Free movie. I was pregnant with our daughter. Um, my parents were looking after our son, and we're like, we don't give a shit what we're seeing. It's a night out. We'll go for it. And yeah, it was. We're sitting there, and I mean, it, this is in Mossman in Sydney. So, like, I mean, everyone's uh-huh. white. There's much more yes. diversity there. And we walk in, and then the movie starts. And yeah, it's about a white woman going to Africa, like they met in the UK or something, going to Africa, and he was like the king of whatever, blah blah blah. And we, we were just sinking down in our seats, like, okay, didn't quite get into this. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. Asked, like, in terms of, like, I guess, would you have more issue here in Australia in terms of people looking at you than in Africa, like in Tanzania? Like, not it- more. It's about the same. Okay. It's just that, yeah, it's just here people are looking at him, there people are looking at me, you know? Okay. And I think people come up with stories on either side. I remember it was. Like when we started living together, I mean, even just looking for a place and it, just everyday living, pretty much Lottie would deal with it. One, he's a man, he would deal with it. Two, he's local, he can speak the language. 
Um, but, you know, Lottie had a, a challenges trying to negotiate, like, what is a reasonable price? I couldn't go to the local markets to go do our grocery shopping because the price would go up. Yeah. That's it. Do you remember that one time I did and that yeah. guy got really angry at me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he was a bit crazy. But, yeah, like, I just caused just to do it. You know, places that you just shouldn't be in. Um yeah, just play, there's some places that you just shouldn't be and it's not worth going. So Lottie had to do, I was heavily reliant on him over there. And if we'd lived there for longer, I don't know how much, I mean, you know, I can get to know the language more, but I don't know how much that would actually change. Uh, yeah, I think it would still be up change. to him to lead a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, we would change if you know the language because you can speak that would the be language a difference. like, oh, this is crazy, this is a normal price in Swahili, and they will yeah. oh, she knows everything, yeah. that would change everything. So it doesn't matter yeah. if you want to stay 100 years there or 20 years there, but if you know the language, you get there and for the first time and you know Swahili, yeah. so it means if you, it if you will speak Swahili, it will help you. Yes. But the thing is, uh, I think there are some people who they taking uh, white people as opportunity because they don't know anything about that. They just yeah. think for themselves, like, oh, if I will beat her today or if I will beat him today, I will give money to survive for today. They are not thinking for the long term long term relationship, you know, mm. because if you come into my uh, my maybe kiosk and I will sell something to you for the better price. This means tomorrow you will come back again or you will recommend even other or some of your friends and say, hey, if you want this, just go there. So it means people don't think about long-term things. Yes. thinking about today. I need to eat today. Yeah. That's so, right. Which is why like, if, if any of your listeners go, that it's so important to have some kind of a guide or trusted someone who's familiar with the tourism industry so they know because it's, it's yeah, you need people who know and have come from the or have an understanding of the people coming from Western culture into here and they can bridge that gap. They know their local people and so they know how to, to sort of negotiate and smooth out some of those communication hiccups. And I recommend it in, in any case. You know, like I think sometimes people see tours or companies and you, you think, oh, they're going to pay more money. You might pay a little more money, but you also you save yourself a lot of trouble. Oh, my gosh. Like I, I said, you know. Down the track, yeah. Hakim became my friend. Chris, he was so, like, my friend. Like, I mean, you know, we're talking different country, but in Kenya my driver took me to his village I met his family because, you know, we had a few hours spare. So I had this really nice experience that I wouldn't have got if I was by myself. Exactly. And actually when I was by myself walking around, you know, sometimes people did, they they see white person and it's it's still a, a thing that, uh, you know, sort of like please give donation. Oh, and it, yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate because yeah. I think I, you have a shop and I can buy your things, but you can't ask for a donation as well. Mm. Uh, and that's disappointing because there are people working hard and working honestly and then they see, like you said, just a quick opportunity, maybe she gives me a bit of money. Yeah, yeah. Well, back dropping. to that present, present moment thing, they are wonderfully and beautifully present moment but then also to their disadvantage, they are present moment, you know. There's no planning for the future. There's, there's no, um, yeah, yeah, like Lloyd was saying, like 
what do you need to do today to create those long-term relationships? Because it's almost like sometimes the, the future isn't guaranteed, especially for them. The future isn't guaranteed and it almost doesn't exist. So you can, yeah, so you can understand where they understand. come from. Mm-hmm. And being so poor as well, it's like, do you know what? Give it, like, I go to anywhere in the world assuming I'm going to be ripped off, like assuming that I am going to pay a higher price. That's just what you do, you know? And until you start learning what it is, like I could I could start negotiating a little bit more, um, and it, you know, and I'd be mindful of it, like how ruthless I'd be in my negotiations. But, you know, you start to understand where the fine line is and, and all the rest of it. But if you're living there, you have to live the currency and you have yeah. to live, you can't continue paying a tourist price all the time. Oh, that's it. That's it. But even then, even once you're living there, there's still a different price really for expats than locals, which fair enough as well, to be honest, which fair enough. They're making, yeah, they're all expats there are doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, they're on a good you know, deal. You, as you just say that, even here, mm-hmm. even here, there are people just come from overseas and they spend, they just make everything, every everything of the price to go higher. Yeah, yeah. So now Australian people, which is local people, just trying to think like, yeah, why did the rental rental go higher? Why did the price of the houses just go higher? It's because of those people who come in from overseas with a lot of money and put their spend their money to invest here. Yeah. So even there, so people just thinking like, uh, why people? Oh, you just come, you want to rent my property? Oh, it was three hundred thousand. No, it's uh, uh, yeah, 600,000. 600, yeah. Shillings, so it's 600,000 shillings. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Stuff like that because yeah. I don't know. People just think, they're not thinking, right? Are we thinking, like, I will get this money for yeah. three months? Yeah. yeah. Or six uh, months? Yeah. Other yeah. than give the normal price, which will be maybe two years. Yeah, or five years or ten years or yes, stuff like that. But uh, still thinking like, uh, yeah, Arusha, Tanzania is the best place to be. Yeah, well, that's good. I'm going to let you two go. Um, I'm going to get some tips from you, so we'll put them in the show notes. You've made me uh, miss. It's been um, nine years since I was there, but I feel like it was yesterday. I, I loved Tanzania so much. Um, I cannot wait to go back. And now I, my husband, I will take him and, you know, well, I'll be at your wedding, so I can't wait. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, Come see the fun. family. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be massive. <laughs> I don't know most of the people who are going but I'm told it's going to be massive. <laughs> I'm going to get myself a traditional outfit. I love the big colour outfit and get my hair all up. and I'm yes, gonna... get it made. Yes. Yes. That's We're doing happen. it. We're doing it. Asante sana, Rafiki. Asante sana. And uh, the world is going to free to begin. I know you didn't understand what I said, but because you can tell sometimes it's not understand what I'm talking so easy because I love it. Speaking so far. Yeah, so far. 
Thank you so much, both of you, for your time. And I, I loved hearing your love story and hearing more about Tanzania. And I look forward to, yeah, to seeing more of your adventures too. So we'll share some things in the show notes and we'll share some pictures. So you guys are going to have to dig through the archives for me, some pictures. Yes, sure thing. Easily done. Thanks so much. Again, when we're going there, I mean, uh, we have to drive. We think like yeah, we, we go there for a little around. bit long term, like maybe three, six months or, or a year, and then drive all the way around to... I was like, sorry, what? I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> and this is planned? Well, yeah, but like a decent chunk of time yeah, so we yeah. can travel around. Because even, I mean, I I haven't even seen that much of Tanzania. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You need, you need the time place. because it's big and also like um, it's not, even here, obviously, we need a lot of time. It's big, but... There, you know, the roads are not so good and things. They need more time to get around. Yeah. Like I would love to see some more countries in Africa. And I just said, you know, it's not like when you go to Europe, you just go, you know. I know. Wouldn't that be great? Or fly. Great it was, yeah. It's very expensive to get. So expensive. I was booking my flights from Arusha down to to get to Joburg. No, Cape Town. My friend was in Cape Town. So one, you can't fly direct to Cape Town. So that was my first hiccup. I'd have to go to this place and this place, then Joburg, then this place. And yeah, it was going one way it was going to be like thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah. When? Because okay. people don't fly like that, really. They're not driving a lot more, so it's, the infrastructure isn't there. But yeah, it's interesting. interesting. Well, if I'm coming through Newcastle, I would love to come and see you guys. I think it'll be a little while, but um, we'd love to come and meet your person. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Um, Already looking forward to the next one. Uh, We also have a rather extensive back catalogue for you to check out. Um, But in the meantime, you can uh, follow us on Instagram. That's at Lovely Travels on Instagram. Or you can come and check us out on Facebook, Lovely Travels. That's L-O-V-E-L-L-Y. Or we would love for you to join our Facebook community uh, with more than 500 members talking all things travel and adventure. That's the Lovely Travels community. You can also visit our website, which is lovelytravels.com. Or shoot us an email. We love hearing from our listeners. So please send us an email, feedback, comments, questions, whatever. Info at lovelytravels.com. And you can listen, review, subscribe, like, share, and promote our podcast in any shape, way, or form. Uh, We are on Spotify, iTunes, the internet, uh, Google Podcasts, everywhere where you get podcasts, you will find us. All good podcasting locations. So tune in next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.